this is Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling, and I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for March 1st, 2022. I'm Steve Foder. And I'm Chip Hessenplot, reporting live from the Ukraine. Oh, boy. Watch out. Duck! Duck! <laughs> We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, it's Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. It is uh, Fat Tuesday for those of you who celebrate. It is Fat Tuesday. And it's a busy day here in the Ukraine. As I usually say on the morning announcements, Fat Tuesday, the celebration of me. Traffic is still incredible trying to exit the city. Have you seen the footage? Especially with this carnival uh, costume that I've been <laughs> using to dance around. The, the footage it's, hard to hide with, with, it's really hard to hide with a carnival uh, costume. Get the guy with the feathers. <laughs> Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Hey, Chip, have you been uh, getting ready for the Oscars? I've been trying to. I, watching movies has been much more challenging than you would think it would be. And so I watched a movie I wanted to see. It's been in my queue for um, a couple months. Came out in December. It's called Nightmare Alley. And this is an incredible, incredible film it's just a beautiful beautiful film okay this is the latest from guillermo del toro nominated for four oscars this year yeah it had a great cast it has um bradley cooper kate blanchett tony collette uh along with uh willem defoe steve hmm so and ron perlman because you know <laughs> that's just part of having this type of uh uh of director steve I'm not used to you actually using actors' names. I'm totally thrown right now. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Tony Collette from uh, the United Shades, Shades of Terra and uh, uh, Ron no Perlman idea. from Beauty and the Beast. Yep, I know. I, 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 in fact, if you said Chip, where do you know these actors from? I would not know. I mean, Everywhere. seriously, Willem Dafoe, but, you know from Spider Man. I mean, that's Harry Osborn, Steve. There you go. There you go. Now I feel better. Bradley Cooper, you know, from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yes, he is. Rocket, Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. I found out my youngest daughter, that's her favorite Marvel character, is Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. Uh, there's no doubt that Bradley Cooper is one of those actors that, that has that ability to make make you enjoy what he's doing. So this is a remake of a, of a film uh, from a long, long time ago. This is beautifully shot. Beautiful use of color. Very um, Tim Burton-ish, hmm. but a different, you know, Tim Burton's got its, his style, right? You know, the blacks are the black and the whites are whites. And there's blues and stuff like that, and the hues that they use. Del Toro has a very different palette, and it has got this kind of glowy, yellowy darkness that you have, and it's just beautiful. This is creepy fun. It's a freak show in so many ways because, you know, it takes place on a carnival. And it's just a masterful piece 
I really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm going to go ahead and say 70 out of 100, uh, especially if you like uh, a little uh, movie with a little uh, style to it. The sets and the clothing and everything are just beautiful. The thing about Del Toro is he really gets the palette right. He really gets the weaves of the clothing and, and the texture of the offices and, and the sets and bedrooms and just once again there's a, a part of the movie that's a, the andrew wyeth uh painting with the you know the the, the lady laying on the, the ground looking over towards the the house in the distance well that starts off of our, our uh, movie mm-hmm. as we get uh or uh, an homage to that uh that painting just a once again a beautiful uh film I, I suggest it it's currently showing on hbo max if you have it available to you go ahead and pick pick it up i think you'll enjoy it so do you think they're gonna give him an oscar for this oh i have no idea <laughs> okay because he did win the oscar for the shape of water in 2017 so we'll see we'll see how I, they. I, I still think west side story is going to get it okay all right I got to see a movie that is not nominated for any Oscars, but it is still a fun ride. It's called The 355. This is the story of the CIA agents and all of the other international agents coming together to have a fun spy adventure. The 355 uh, was originally a American revolutionary spy. She was a female spy in the revolutionary war and george Back washington in 1776 that's that's right she died in 1780 and george washington thought it was a good idea to have a group of female spies that could infiltrate other groups and uh, apparently apparently according to american history it worked <laughs> Well, this, this is this is not real American history. This is a made-up story. But in real American history, Agent Three Fifty Five was really a female spy that George Washington had in his arsenal. This story is not that story. This is the continuation of that group that has gone on to become international spies. We see spies from all different corners of the world coming together for this mission. This is just a fun spy adventure. I I kept saying while we were watching it, this is my favorite episode of Charlie's Angels. These beautiful, wonderful actresses coming together and, and really having great choreography fight scenes really being uh emotionally put into this situation and and it was really fun to watch if you're looking for a fun spy adventure the 355 on peacock is something that you can go and check out which is a nice transition to our opening movie steve ah good we've got a movie opening this week there's a there's gonna be a movie in the theater with a gravelly voice huh This is The Batman coming out this week in theaters. This is Robert Pattinson taking his turn as The Batman, battling this time The Riddler. And we've got uh, Zoe Kravitz in this one. And uh, I, I, I can't say that I have high expectations for this version of The Batman, Chip. Well, it's going to be a rated R film. Mm. So th- this is going to be a very brutal 
type of take on it. Uh, Team Edward, I think it's a sparkly uh, Batman. Sparkly Batman. <laughs> I, I think that. I, I don't know if there are any lichens in this, Steve, but I do think that the Riddler is going to be in it. This is going to be a very dark, you know. A dark DC a movie? What? Adult, adult <laughs> rated R film. Very much like Logan was uh, with the Wolverine the, just a Logan, couple of years ago. Yeah, Logan was definitely an adult story about aging. About, about a children's character. About so a children's just, just remember character. that. Adult stories about children's characters. Well, Welcome to the Batman. Who's the market for this? Are the kids interested in the Batman right now? Or is it that nostalgia play for the middle-aged people? That's the, that's the question that the studios are, are toying with. And DC certainly is known for its darkness, not known for bright colors like the Marvel movies, for sure. Well, this is, this is a, uh, a reboot um, of, of, a, of a series. So this is a different take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sort of... Very much like the Joker uh, film from a couple of years ago. Yes, in that same dark adult sort of storytelling vein. I, I don't know how this is going to play, but I think that they're going to make a lot of money on this. This is going to do very well. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There are other movies, uh, very small, uh, independent sort of films. This one is called I Am Mortal. This is set 200 years in the future where a small band of rebels face off against the status quo where humans have achieved immortality and there's a, a rebel group that says, no, 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 we're not going to be immortal. We are going to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds very youthful. Following that, there's a movie called A Day to Die. Do you, do you see a theme yet, Chip? <laughs> I heart, Steve. You no. know, the great part about this is it stars Bruce Willis. So you know, you know <laughs> he's going to put a minimum amount of effort into making this work. And it's called A Day to Die. Not at all anything like any other Bruce Willis movie's title. <laughs> Sometimes you die hard. There's a movie called Great Freedom. This one is post-war Germany, and uh, the criminalization of homosexuality is is looked at in this one. That's a that's a dark dark tale. That one. We have one called Asking for It. This is Vanessa Hudgens. You remember from High School Musical. She's a she's a lady now, and she's making movies. And uh, boy, this one this one uh, looks to be a movie that's being released. <laughs> Yeah, it, it addresses sexual assault, so certainly that seems like a dark uh, type mm -hmm. of movie. Steve, let's run through a bunch of television or streaming series that are coming out. Yes, it is premiere week on televisions across the country this week. We've got the Larry David story. This is a biographical miniseries coming out on HBO all about Larry David, one of the creators of the Seinfeld sitcom. We've got Star Trek Picard Season 2 finally hitting our screens on Paramount+. Plus. I look forward to the continuation of that story. Have some Earl Grey tea. Boldly. He's boldly going where the Earl Grey goes. We've got Joe versus Carol. This is the uh, dramatization of the TV series on Life of Joe Exotic. Your your favorite, Chip. I put that one in after Star Trek. Here's the deal. The real ones are, are a, cack, a cackle to, to kind of watch. This looks awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is Kate McKinnon taking the part of Carol and uh, showing us the, a dramatization of that story of the, what's it called? The Tiger King. That's what it's called. <laughs> He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Season 2 is coming to Netflix. This is not the Kevin Smith He-Man. This is the other He-Man. This is the definitely made for children He-Man series. Then, on March 4th, this week, finally, we open the Gizmoplex. The new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 is coming to their own streaming platform, the Gizmoplex. Opening March 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, with Santo in the Treasure of Dracula. So what would a person need to do? Would they have to download the app to be able to watch this? Yes, sir. There's a whole new app. It's available on Apple TV and Roku and your phone. And you can go to gizmoplex.com to get in on the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, season 13. And Steve, do you have something for the ladies? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. A little Doctor Who fan fiction is coming back to stars this week. Outlander Season 6 premieres on March 6th. It's been on my wife's calendar for months. Well, I'm well tanned. My hair is very, very long. My muscles are bulging and glistening. And yeah. my shirt just happens to be open down to my navel. You're ready to play Jamie in the Outlander. And whenever I, <laughs> whenever I talk to the original Jamie from Doctor Who, I always bring up the fact that he's my Jamie and there's a different Jamie running around that's my wife's Jamie. And that's fine. <laughs> book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book at our book of the week. You have been reading, my friend. Tell me all about this week's book. Well, our, our book is called Vienna and Chicago, Friends or Foes, A Tale of Two Schools of Free Market Economics. This is by Mark Skousen. The reason why I was reviewing this is, uh, Steve, I don't know if you've heard about this thing. It's called Inflation. Mm. And it seems to be, uh, it was on the news quite a bit. You know, they would talk about COVID. Mm -hmm. They would talk about inflation. And, you know, now they've got the trifecta. There's, um, you know, Putin and, and uh, Ukraine. So uh, inflation is uh, a hot topic. I decided I wanted to review a book and some, some thoughts I had from a long time ago. And then ended up uh, reading this book. And this is a book on economic schools. The Austrian School of Economics was founded in Austria, interesting enough, but actually some of the work took place here in the United States. Uh, and the Chicago School obviously started, uh, came from the University of Chicago uh, and, you know, Chicago and pretty much most economic schools will teach you Keynes, they will teach you the Chicago School, and if you're lucky, they'll teach you the Austrian School, but they're basically just two different ways of looking at business cycle, government policy, monetary policy. So when you hear terms like the Federal Reserve Bank, you hear about them setting targeted interest rates, things of that nature. Those are tools that they use. And the Federal Reserve Bank ultimately has two mandates. The mandates are inflation and full employment. We seem to have everybody who wants to work working right now. I mean, people are just begging for um, people to come work for them. Uh, in fact, I, I 
I sat down with client meetings and I think that they said there were 60 sales jobs open in the company that one of the people were working with. Wow. And then there's just, there's a lot of companies out there that would like to expand. They just can't find the work workforce uh, to be able to do that. So think about that. And then, you know, any place you go, you know, fast food restaurant, grocery store, whatever, they all seem to be having help wanted signs up. Mm-hmm. But inflation is something that as many families uh, are experiencing right now, if you go to the gas pump, if you go to uh, the grocery store, I mean, things that used to be able to cost, you know, three or $4 now may cost $10. You know, steaks may cost $35 to get a, get a, a steak. Wow. Uh, that, that same one may have been, I don't know, 12 or $15 a, a year or so ago. So this is a book that's kind of trying to address the nuances of two different ways of looking at economic lives. And um, it is a nice uh, reminder of just how we have lots of people trying to describe how our world works, how humans interact with each other. And we don't have, you know, the ultimate grasp. Like there's no one thing that says, this is definitely how how it works. The Austrian school was uh, founded by Karl Menger. Uh, there was a couple of guys, Ludwig von Mises, he taught at New York University, and then Frederick uh, Hayek, who taught at University of Chicago, but never was part of the Chicago Economics Department. Hayek won the Nobel Prize. The Austrian school was able to predict the uh, stock market crash. And there is a uh, an idea of how and that was in 1929, by the way. The the how uh, booms happen in society, how um, there potentially is over production of a good or service. Think of housing now, things of that nature. We, we have a shortage, housing shortage, but certainly we have um, a lot of people are putting the resources into housing, and then how a bus happens. So basically, we overfinance an area, and then eventually it has to fall back to reality. Ultimately, in a market-based economy, there, there never has to be a recession or depression. History has shown that, that uh, we do get recessions once in a while. And hmm. Austrians would say that's because we, it's malinvestment. The Chicago School is much more of a, uh, we're going to try to steer the economy. Uh, very much like uh, another school, John Maynard Keynes School. And basically, they're going to use incentives, the amount of money available to us, uh, in societies, uh, and especially they're going to try to to micro manage the market a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm I'm using that very loosely, by the way. But anyway, by by targeting interest rates, that's going to mean whether there's going to be uh, assets available to the public or not. If there's not enough liquidity in the market, they'll they'll figure out a way of doing it. The Chicago School is, in many ways, what the Federal Reserve Bank follows. It is a very different way of looking at the booms and busts, much more of a traditional boom and bust business cycle theory of the, of the regulars. These are important for me to review because when you're talking to people, sometimes the nuances of, of how the economy works, I, I think people fail to realize just how muddy it is trying to put together your, your data and how to 
kind of understand things. We've got so much knowledge that we certainly can predict some parts of it, but it's still trying to, to use this data on a very short-term basis is a real challenge. And so our Federal Reserve Bank has announced they're going to try to raise interest rates seven to nine times this year. Incrementally, right? Just a, a tiny little change seven or eight times, right? Yeah, but that's massive over a year. I sure. mean, it doesn't work that way normally. Okay. And they're trying to get some space because, I mean, if you've gone to the bank and put money in the bank, uh, banks certainly aren't paying very much money, are they? No, the interest rates have been very, very low for a very long time, which is beneficial to those of us who are borrowing money, but not so great for those of us who are saving money. Well, I, you know, I'm not even sure if that's the case. I mean, if you're buy borrowing to buy a home, that would be great, but I'm not sure if people are experiencing in the other parts. I think banks really have, I mean, if you're paying for for college or something like that, you could be paying a higher interest rate. Hmm. Um, and that's one of the critiques of of how some of these things are, are, are working, about how the interest rates are being set. I do think this was a fascinating book. I'm not, Certainly, this is something that I would have interest in. I'm not sure if, if most people would have interest in this, but these are two different ways of looking at the economy. And once again, the, the other one that's missing out of this is the work of John Maynard Keynes, who basically says when there's slowdowns come in the economy, the um, government should pick it up. You know, how do you get rid of inflation now? Well, maybe you stop government spending. But you know, that, does, that doesn't work when, um, when you got COVID. And that doesn't work necessarily when there's potentially uh, war, which could be around the corner. So is there anything that the listeners can learn from this study of these schools of thought for economics? Is there something that we can do in order to help our personal economies with this knowledge? Well, these are what you're trying to do with this book is kind of understanding how money, monetary policy impacts you. So when the Federal Reserve Bank says they're going to do this, you know, is that good or bad? And so, once again, we, we, we have very low interest rates right now. The Federal Reserve Bank is talking about raising their targeted interest rates for banks. Banks at that point will raise their rates to, to try to meet that. What you're trying to do is understand how that could impact you. So rising interest rates would impact a person who wants to sell their home because all of a sudden, instead of having mortgages at say two and a half to 3%, a mortgage could be at 5%. Well, that changes the price of your home downward. The idea of trying to understand the economy on the grand scale and trying to think of the, the right way to handle all of these situations in the world. That's that's what we're talking about with the Austrian and Chicago schools? It's just basically how humans interact with other humans when economic, with economic incentives are okay. there. So there's lots of incentives to do certain things. Like, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, the job market is wide open for anybody that wants a job. There's a lot of businesses that are offering incentives to sign on to those jobs. And this this world economy might, uh, might be a part of all of that conversation. 
the, the world economy is just how how it kind of works. Okay. So yes, what what we're trying to do is understand a little better. For me, it's kind of a, a refresher on how government policy would be. You know, what type of policy would a leader take during this time? Understanding how we put together those numbers, how how to think about what's going on logically. Sort and the methods of, of putting together that information, and we have multiple people who have different views on that because we don't have one universal truth here. And sometimes one methodology works better than another. And which one is right? Are they both wrong? You know, we have a lot of information here that that tells us a whole bunch but it's not always the, the best picture. So the Austrian school worked real well during the Great Depression because it predicted it, but it was changed and it may not have worked as well during the Great Recession, which was a depression. So it's just, it's just a, a, a way of refreshing my knowledge for another person that could be an introduction to these thoughts. All right, that's... I. I admire your knowledge of all these things and and i i wish i understood them better maybe reading these books would help me to understand these things a little bit better this is vienna and chicago friends or foes a tale of two schools of free market economics by mark skousen scroll with it brings us to our scroll with it uh, anything, anything happening in the news this week, Chip? Just a few things, Steve. It looks like that um, Russia feels that Ukraine and them should be really, really close. Mm-hmm. But you know what that means, Steve? That means that uh, vigilante groups kind of play, become a, a third party to, to uh, fight in this war. Anonymous is a vigilante group. They understand the deep web really, really well. And uh, they ended up take down, taking down a whole bunch of sites from RT, which is Russian Times, the um, their propaganda television service. Uh, and then they ended up taking down the, the Russians' defense ministry's websites, Putin's administration's own portal, Kremlin.ru was uh, taken down. And there was a lot of stuff that was impacted by this vigilante group who basically said that they didn't like that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's, you always have to be cautious when you are uh, making big decisions like this because groups like Anonymous have such a worldwide grasp on how to do a little bit of uh, maybe terrorism on the, on the website front. It is terrorism, uh-huh. but, but it also is, you know, they, they don't like war, and they're going to make their presence known. Mm-hmm. They have had a history of that. Anonymous is a group that we certainly want to watch out and make sure that we are uh, keeping track of as much as we can. On a more positive note, <laughs> Chip, Spotify is inventing a new genre. It's called the Bookcast. And it premieres this week with music from Dolly Parton and a narrative co-written by Dolly Parton and James Patterson. How about that? I look ba- forward... Batman? No, no. 
<laughs> Not that Patterson. The other Patterson. The Patterson that writes like a book every other hour. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's a, he's, a, he's a man who writes a lot of books. Or, or I don't know, a company that puts a lot of books out in his name. I think that the latter might be the, the right explanation. But James Patterson and Dolly Parton wrote a book together, and Dolly Parton wrote music for this book. Spotify is premiering this this week, and the rest of the story is going to be available on March 7th when the novel is released. I look forward to this experiment in making a new genre somewhere between an album and and a novel. I try to explain to my students what an what an album is, and they're like, "It's it's a round thing." I'm like, "No, no, no! It's it's a single story told in song." So I look forward to uh, the the reinvention of that concept. Steve, it's March first. You know what that means? Uh, time for the musical. <laughs> Let's just say that's all I've been focusing on. Yes, March first is kind of a D day for us in the musical. <laughs> So, so you're forgetting that this is also Women's History Month, Steve. Oh, happy Women's History Month, everyone. March marks the the celebration of all of the wonderful people, half of the people, 51% of the people on the planet who have done such great things in history. Probably a good day to call mom. <laughs> She's got a history for sure. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. Go to womenshistorymonth.gov to see all the celebrations in March. Tell her you're down in Carnival. <laughs> yes. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Women's History Month. Happy uh, stressful running the show uh, musical week, <laughs> for sure. Fat Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Pancake day. What do you want to call it, Steve? There's a lot of things going on today, for sure. It is a busy, busy day. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I hope so. I hope that uh, everything goes well for you this week and everything goes well around the world. We, we are thinking of everyone around the world and hoping hoping for the best. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-410-4TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hasselblad. We'll see you in the future. Push the button, Steve!